Welcome back to the Bushnell Project and Storytime as we continue through the Old Testament book of Esther and heading, boy, chapter 7, the tide is going to change here and we're going to see the see Haman for who he really is. So you want to sit back and buckle up and if you haven't been along for the whole ride, I encourage you to go back and listen to each of the other chapters, I'd take one chapter at a time, so you've just got six sessions to catch up on, and it's an amazing, amazing story. And just a, kind of going back and recapping maybe a little bit of a history, the Persian Empire is probably at its strength, at its greatest strength at this time, and then it would have its demise to the rising Greek Empire, the, the Empire of Greece. That is starting to rise. Alexander the Great would eventually have a kingdom greater than the Persian kingdom. But up until this time, this is the greatest empire in, on the planet. And so, pretty powerful king. Esther is the queen. Haman is the king's right-hand man. He has... Well, you have to go back and listen to the others. We'll jump into chapter 7 for those who've been following along. And continue our story here in Esther Chapter 7. So the king and Haman went into feast with Queen Esther. And on the second day, as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king again said to Esther, What is it you wish, Queen Esther? What is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, if I found favor in your sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be granted me for, for my wish and my people for my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent, for our affliction is not to be compared with a loss to the king. Then king Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he, and where is he, who has dared to do this? And Esther said, A foe, an enemy, the wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. And the king arose in his wrath from the wine drinking and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm was determined against him by the king. And the king returned from the palace garden to the place where they were drinking wine, as Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. And the king said, Will he even assault the queen in my presence in my house? And as the word left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbanan, one of the eunuchs in attendance on the king, said, Moreover, the gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose word saved the king, is standing at Haman's house, fifty cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the wrath of the king abated. And that is chapter 7. Wow, just like that. Haman has this great plot to kill all the Jews because of his great hatred toward, uh, toward Mordecai. And even that morning, he was hoping to 
have Mordecai hanged. But everything turned. Everything turned on him as he had to parade Mordecai around in chapter seven, uh, chapter 6. Remember that? On, a, on the king's horse with the king's robes and the king's crown. And, and, and shout to everybody that this is the most honored man in the kingdom, according to the king. And then he goes to the party, the second party in a row with Queen Esther and the king. So just the three of them and their attendants. And then now he is being hung by the gallows that are probably close to 100 feet tall, right? So 50 cubics, about 21 inches a cubic. So that's well over 75 feet. And he's hung from that plenty high enough to hang anybody. And Queen Esther, well, she's in good favor with the king. But they still have a problem. The edict that the king has signed cannot be changed by the king. It's sort of a, a weird rule, but it was one of the Persian rules. And so we'll have to wait till chapter 8, maybe even 9, to find out what's going to happen. And then this whole book ends in the 10th chapter. Hope you guys are enjoying this. But let's, let's apply this to our lives. Again, it's the, the issue of hatred and, and on one side, and that's Haman. And the other side is trusting God, that God can work things out. So even when it seems crazy against us, that God can work it out. And it's also an interesting side note here that Esther says, if, you had, if we're being sold into slavery, that would be okay. It was that the people were going to be annihilated, that she was standing up for this. So she understood authority. She understood that in those days, kings would often have slaves. All those eunuchs would have been probably people from other kingdoms that the Persian Empire had captured, just like Esther herself. Her family, she was born in captivity, maybe the, the second generation born in captivity. And so... They understood that there is, she had, she did not have an entitlement mentality here, but she did not want to see herself or her people killed. And she pleads and makes this plead, understanding that this might be the reason why she's queen. This might be the whole reason for her to be alive, is to be used by God to rescue the people, his people. And so, some interesting thoughts for us to consider as we press on in these days. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day or weekend or week. God bless you.